Hello, my loves, and welcome to the podcast, All Things Empath. I am your host and healing mentor, Laura Ann, and I created All Things Empath to be a space where sensitives and empaths can come and receive guidance, love, and support on their own healing and empowerment journeys. Whether with just me or one of my guests, we show up in vulnerability to share our own stories and insights with the intention of creating a network of support for you, dear listener. Because feeling all the feels, healing from past trauma, old patterns, and learning how to navigate and fully step into your sensitivity superpowers can feel super confusing and sometimes, honestly, super lonely. But you are not alone. There are more and more of us sensitives and empaths waking up every day. And the work you're doing to heal yourself and claim your power is the work that will transform not only you, but the entire world. And it's why we're here. So I invite you to join me on this sacred journey of self-discovery, self-love, and self-healing. We'll laugh, we'll cry, and we'll do it all together. I am so happy you're here. Enjoy. Oh, it is Friday vibes over here. Y'all, I got so slammed with allergies over the last couple days. It was, oh, it was a lot. Um, And part of it was, it felt like it was a lot because I just haven't felt sick in so long, which is such a cause of joyful celebration. I just really want to honor that for myself that, you know, it's been since, 2020, since I've had any real symptomatic sickness uh, of note, and um, coming from a chapter of my life where it was the norm to feel sick, it was the norm to feel uncomfortable and pain within my body, and to not have energy, and to feel like I, I wasn't able to show up fully for myself for my friends and family and in relationship and for my clients and in my work and just in life. Um, Like to get to the place now where I look back and it's been two years since I've had any real symptoms. It's just, I'm getting so emotional just thinking about that. Um, And it's it's so phenomenal. Uh, And so I wanted to celebrate that with you and really acknowledge that that is something that um, I'm feeling also, if my voice is a little less um, soothing than usual, <laughs> it might crack a little bit. I might be sounding a little congested. That's why. That's what's going on. I'm, I'm okay. It's just allergies. And it really um, brought up a lot of stuff, like a lot of stuff that I felt like I wanted to share. And I'm coming in today's episode almost like interviewing myself. It's one of those where I'm just speaking from my heart Um There may be some teachable moments in here, but I'm not coming in with any intention other than just exploring some of the things that have been on my heart and I felt called to talk about today. So um, one of those is the subtlety of of sick energy, I guess, is is one way to think of it. um, And the connection that I talk about all the time. I'm going to take a sip of my green tea here. But that connection that I talk about all the time between mind and body and spirit, you know, I I categorize them because that's one of the ways that we're able to absorb and understand information. 
But when I say they're inextricably intertwined, what I mean is they are woven and layered through one another to, to a degree in which we can't even fully comprehend because we do so categorize and divide up our reality as a, as a way of understanding it. So just to put that out there um, as a lens, and then practically through my experience over this last several days, or this last week, I should say, so I've been doing some really amazing, amazing coaching work for this other business that I believe in and I think is wonderful and um, also working within my own business and doing some exciting things behind the scenes, which are about to come out that I'm so excited about and in really this birthing phase and this creativity and there's just so much that goes into that um, and I'm in this new community of Asheville and making new friends and coming out of a relationship and starting to date again and also, you know, being with my family and wanting to spend time with my grandmother as, you know, she continues to move into her silver years. And so there's a lot, right? There's a lot that feels like is calling out for my attention and my focus and my time. And one of the things that I know about myself and that I talk about with y'all in the realm of being a sensitive and an empath is um, that level that, A, I need a lot of time to, to myself. <laughs> it's like for this for this one woman act to like show up and be great, I need, I need a lot of time just to be, like to take a bath, to sit and look out the window and just not have an agenda to be creative, to just, you know, have time to play in nature. I need those things in order to be at a place where I can show up for, for myself and show up for everybody else in my life, whether, whether that's in, in personal relationship or whether that's in relationship with you and my community and my clients and, and in business. So, um, what can happen when I'm not scheduling enough of that time for myself is my subconscious starts to steal that time in other ways. <clears throat> and so one way that that happens is through me feeling overwhelmed with obligation and schedule and not having balance and, and not having that the hours and the minutes and the way I'm spending them feel in alignment. Um, I, I seek to numb. Like that's, that's the survival pattern that I've learned. And now in sobriety... Um, you know, I don't have some of the methods of numbing that were so detrimental to me before, um, you know, drugs and alcohol. Uh, and so I tend to veer towards food and television. So that for me is one of the signs where I'm like, oh, okay, maybe I need to like re-examine and reevaluate what is going on and get curious, create some space to get curious because I've been feeling like dropping the healthy thing that I know I, sh I should be doing right now, which is meditating, right? And instead, I just want to, you know, binge watch whatever and stuff my face full of popcorn or whatever it is. So I noticed that that happened a few times over the course of the last week <clears throat> in the evenings. <clears throat> and then... So that's definitely an invitation for inquiry. Then I noticed earlier this week, I had one of these thoughts that I haven't had in a really long time, like years, like a couple years. 
And it was this thought that wasn't even fully, you know how thoughts sometimes aren't even fully verbalized. It's just almost like a, a feeling thought. Um, and so I had a feeling thought that was resonating in that realm of, um, you know, feeling overwhelmed. Maybe if I'm sick later this week, I'll get some time. And that's an old narrative. It's a very old narrative and something that I've talked about in previous episodes of, I didn't, it was subconscious for so long, um, this, this limiting belief that I had that in order to be worthy of rest, I had to be sick. The only time I was allowed to really be restful, guilt-free, which is ironic because rest never feels guilt-free for me. Even now I have to like work through that a little bit, um, and never 100%, I should say, uh, pretty quickly get there. But there's there's usually like a, a moment of resistance. Um, but in theory, you know, that I had this limiting belief that in theory, the only time I was allowed to rest was when I was sick. And, and so over time, what ended up happening was I just became a sick person because I wasn't getting the rest that I needed. So that was one of the subconscious ways that my body was able to get its needs met was to make me sick. So, and this thought feeling happened on Monday, um, and, and I did the work around it, looked at it. Is this true? No, this isn't true. Like, I don't really feel this way. I'm actually really excited by the work that I'm doing. I kind of talked myself through it and I had that invitation to inquiry and had the conscious realization like, okay, I need to schedule in some more time for myself. I mean, I, I'm going to be more intentional about my downtime because clearly the way I've been spending my downtime isn't, isn't nurturing me, isn't serving me. And then Thursday, I went and I did this really amazing workout and I do this community workout at a park in Asheville. And I did this workout and at the end of it, I started sneezing and I didn't stop for six hours. <laughs> It was like I got hit with a wall of pollen and I was just sneezing. I'm not exaggerating for six hours straight. Eyes watering, sneeze machine, faucet base, just totally brutal. Into the night, you know, had a really crappy night's sleep. You know, I woke up and I ended up needing to cancel a call, um, which, you know, there's a lot of history there for me having formerly been a chronically sick person. Um, there's a lot of energy there that feels really dense to me around, you know, am I disappointing people? The, the guilt about the last minute cancel in the morning because I wake up not feeling well and like how many, and, and so there was definitely like some flashbacks, um, that I had to, you know, there was some, some triggers, some traumatic triggers that it was a very energetically intense morning. Um, and then I remembered that fleeting thought feeling earlier in the week and it just, no matter how much I talk about this stuff and then I know it to be true, when I see examples of it in my own experience, in my own life, I'm always still like, what? <laughs> it's just always the evidence. It's always, it never fails to get that same kind of response for me um, on all sides of things, when it's positive feedback evidence and then, you know, this kind of evidence as well. But I, I had that moment of like, oh, 
where I really felt and could see the power of belief, the power of thought and of feeling and that energy to manifest things into our reality. Because I didn't even really think that thought couldn't have been more than a fraction of a second. And I went in after it and I cleaned it up and I swept it up and I thought, nope. And it still manifested this feeling of sickness in my life and the need for me to cancel a work appointment in the morning, days later. So I use this, or I'm I'm sharing this as an example because we are so... We are so fucking powerful. Part of my French, I love to curse. I don't know why I apologize. If you've listened to this at all, you know I like to curse. So we're so fucking powerful. Really, you are so powerful. And it's amazing. Like, it's amazing to think about what it is that we're capable of creating and manifesting within ourselves and within our lives when we really tune in to our own power. And honestly, I feel like, and and I've done so much of this already, but I feel like I'm just getting started, like, because there's so much more that I want to create and manifest. And I feel the most powerful I've ever felt before, the most empowered as an empath, as a woman, than I have ever felt before in my life. And I know it's only going to continue to grow. And that's kind of scary, but it's also really exciting. Um, and that this example, just this week, it came up and, and once I had that realization, I was like, oh, I need to share this on the podcast <laughs> I need to, because it's so, it's such an immediate feedback, right? Sometimes we don't get that feedback immediately and maybe we'll, we'll draw the connection between the dots and we'll see it. And then sometimes we miss it. Um, but this one, it was just so clear to me. Uh, and as an example of, of how we can manifest subconsciously, um, our realities that I just knew I had to share it with you. And it really ties into something that's been coming up. I, I did this really beautiful, um, interview, amazing conversation with another Laura, um, that is going to be airing on the podcast next week. And one of the things that came up in that conversation and has just been coming up kind of in my thought world for a little while now um, is the act of really leaning into trusting yourself as an empath, as a sensitive, um, and, and rebuilding those bridges that we've kind of knocked down within ourselves, um, of trust in our abilities and in our gifts and our inner knowing and listening to our heart. And it's so interesting to me when I look back at my life and I can see, you know, we don't know what we don't know. So there's so many areas of my life where I'm sure there were opportunities and signs and inner knowings and nudgings that I ignored. Um, I think, I ignored the nudging about sobriety for a really long time. <clears throat> Just sipping on my tea. I know that I ignored 
a lot of really loud nudges from my guides and from my higher self in toxic relationship, which I'll get to here in a little bit. But there are also these moments where to me, it's so incredible to see through the course of my life that even when I was actively trying not to hear it, even when I was, you know, in completely in the throes of addiction and really toxic relationships with substances, with um, romantic partners, with myself, um, that I, my inner knowing was still so strong that it would burst through sometimes. And when it did and I listened to it, it changed the course of my life forever. And that is so powerful to, for me to acknowledge for myself. And I wanted to share that with you too, that, you know, it's doesn't, you don't have to do it all the time for it to have a powerful effect. And the more we tune into hear and act on our inner knowing, the stronger that voice will get, the easier it is to hear it. And the more likely you are to act on it. And then the easier it is to hear, the more able you are to hear it, the easier it is for you to act on it and up and up and up. It's one of those positive feedback loops that I like to talk about. So one of the biggest ones that stands out for me is in my decision to be a massage therapist. And I talk about this in the episode um, called My Story. Uh, but I like, <laughs> I'm just thinking about myself back then and I'm sending her some love, my younger, younger Laura self. Um, I was just a hot mess. <laughs> I was a hot mess express, bless my heart, but I was really trying and I, I wanted to do something. And I knew I was meant for something. I had that feeling. I had that knowing. I just didn't know what it was. And I was so over what I was doing in DC in the nonprofit world and in fundraising. And I'd taken a break from that to take care of my father with some uh, health stuff. And I was in this place where I was young. I didn't have a serious relationship or a commitment with work. I had a little bit of money saved. And I was like, well, what am I going to do? I'm going to run from winter. And I'm going to work on this farm in Puerto Rico. And then I'm going to go work on farms in California. And I'm just going to figure it out. <laughs> and that was a call from my heart. I just I just knew that I needed some space. And like <laughs> my parents, my dad doesn't own a lawnmower. <laughs> like his idea of roughing it is like a three-star hotel. So like <laughs> when I go to my parents' And I'm like, I'm going to go work on a farm. Oh, they just thought it was, it was bananas. They just didn't understand. You're going to what? What are you doing? But I knew that's what I wanted to do. I knew it was the right next step for me. Um, cause I had heard really clearly, like, this is what you want to do. Um, and I wanted to run away from winter and, I wanted to learn and you know there were so many different things but that like initial pull was from my heart and I listened and then once I was there that was a space that I needed to be living like in the mountains in the jungle of Puerto Rico 
you know, in a tent where the, no- where the noise of everything else was dimmed enough that I could hear myself think. Um, I wasn't, when I look back, I can see now, like I wasn't doing drugs. I wasn't drinking. It was, um, you know, we would occasionally like walk down the street to the, the local bar, but it wasn't anything like what I had been doing up until that point. Um, especially living at home with my parents, like just to cope, I was smoking so much cannabis on a daily basis that I was just like pretty foggy most of the time. Um, and so this, it was a space where I could actually like listen and tune in and hear and some part of me and my higher self knew that I needed that um, and that maybe I wasn't going to get it unless I like you know really went out and did something drastic like <laughs> go live in a tent on a farm in the mountains in the jungle of Puerto Rico so that was I think and that's where I received my download and my message from and calling soul's calling from higher self from source um, to be a healer. And, and so I, I just like want to give that younger version of myself so many high fives, <laughs> just major, major props because, you know, I followed that call. I listened to my heart and sometimes I wonder like, what would my life be like today if I hadn't have done that and how would the call have come because I do believe it would have come um it just would have been carried in a different maybe in a different form of messenger um or in a different environment but uh yeah I think that again it kind of underlines the importance of creating that space to listen Historically, I was not good at that because I like the last thing I wanted to do was to actually listen. It's one of the reasons why I, you know, was always running into the arms of <clears throat> another lover or drugs or alcohol was to like quiet, quiet those voices because I was it was scary to tune in and listen. Um, but I also, you know, I think when we think about trust and building up that trust again with ourselves. It can be even the little little things. Like um, if I'm looking at when I'm in session in, in the past, because I haven't done really hands-on healing with folks face-to-face in a really long time. But I can remember as a new therapist um, feeling like very insecure. Very insecure about my abilities and my gifts in that realm. And in knowing what to do and where to go and what technique and how best to serve and show up and give them the relief and the support that they needed within their body for that session. And what I found more and more was when I listened to my inner guidance and I went to that area of the body or I said what was on my heart to say that I afterwards without fail there when there had been a hesitancy and then I pushed through and I you know heard the voice of my mentor and you know said what I felt I needed to say or went to the area that I felt was really calling for attention without fail the client would tell me at the end of the session like I don't know how you knew to go to that spot I didn't even know it was bothering me but you know 
wow, that set me free or in the middle of the session going to that place, like they would have an emotional release because I laid hands on a spot that had energetically been calling to me and I listened. Um, and, you know, or like saying something that was because I was channeling, I didn't know it at the time, but like I was channeling. And so getting a message, you know, from source or from one of their guides that this is what they need to hear. And then I say it. And at the end of the session, like, wow, I don't know how you need to say that, but that was exactly what I needed to hear. It's like, yep. <laughs> yep. It was exactly what you needed to hear. And if I am questioning myself and I'm not trusting myself in my ability to be that channel, um, then, you know, I'm not only, you know, is stuff going to get blocked energetically within my system, but then I'm also not able to, to be that channel and to give you, you know, give, give my client, give my community what it is they need to hear. Um, but yeah, so getting that confirmation, I think really helped me as a new therapist that little bit by bit, little bit by bit, every time, every, every session to gain the confidence to just like, you know, I don't have to understand why I don't have to know who is speaking through me. I don't have to understand why this area is calling to me. I just have to trust that this is, this is good guidance. I just have to trust my inner knowing and my inner guidance. And the more that I did that, the easier it became, the easier it was to hear it and the easier it was to take action around it. Um, I think the hardest place for that um, historically for me was in toxic relationships because I would hear the guidance very clearly. Um, And when I talk about hearing guidance, sometimes it's that sense of feeling where there's no real words to it. It's just like a feeling in my body um, usually it depends, you know, it depends on what the feeling is, but it's usually around one of the main energy centers. And for me, the ones that tend to really speak up are my throat chakra, my heart chakra, and then like my solar plexus and gut sacral. Um, but it, again, it kind of depends on what it is that it's speaking, speaking to in that feeling energetic way. But yeah, so sometimes it's a feeling in my body. And sometimes it really is a voice and the voice is my own. The voice I hear in my head, it's not like, you know, I'm hearing voices that don't sound like me. It's my voice, but it it may be a future version of myself or my higher self, or even if it's one of my guides or source coming through, it's coming through me. I'm the channel, even if I'm channeling for myself. And so the voice that I hear is mine. Um occasionally the voice that I hear is my mother's (laughs) in the, in the, in the realm of what is being said. But even then the voice is my own. So just to clarify, if you're like looking into deepening your own empath and sensitive abilities around being a channel, like that's been my experience. And I've heard other channels talk about that as well. Um, Some channels who um, are mediums, I think that could be different. And maybe the voices that you hear don't sound like yours. I'm not sure. I don't know. I can't speak to that. Um, But yeah, in romantic relationship and toxic relationships in the past, I would have 
my, you know, these voices basically screaming at me, like, danger, Will Robinson, danger. It's like so many red flags. Get out, get out, get out, get out. And I just did not want to see it. Didn't want to see it. Didn't want to hear it. Pushed it down, pushed it down, pushed it down. Um, and I think, you know, that is one of the big things as empaths and sensitives that we have to heal. Um, is the times when I didn't listen to my own inner knowing and to those voices telling me what I needed to do or what the right path was or, you know, that this person is really bad for you. And I didn't listen to it knowingly and I got hurt badly, like really badly hurt. Um, In my case, you know, in these relationships, it was all emotional abuse and manipulation. Um, And I know for other folks, it goes beyond that in the realm of abusive relationships. And that there can be this sense of, um, you know, just shame and guilt for not taking action um, and not trusting that voice or, and, and not getting out. Um, and, you know, this is, of course, all tied into what I talk about um, with trauma and healing the nervous system and our survival patterns and what feels like safe in a relationship based on what we were modeled as kids and what feels familiar might feel safe even if it's really dangerous to us and all of these things. And so learning about that, learning about how our nervous system is wired and how we store trauma in the body, all of that is really liberating in the realm of shame and guilt and can, is a huge part of the healing process for myself and the work that I do with clients. And I think a really important piece of that is learning to forgive ourselves for not listening and and then making a really committed statement of intention to start listening more. And I say statement of intention rather than a promise because I've broken so many promises to myself, <laughs> like so many. A promise is a kind of an expectation, right? Um, I think a statement of intention gives a little bit more room for grace and for compassion of self, you know, because we can all make mistakes and fall down. And I think intentions are better than expectations or resolutions, right? So making a statement of intention to myself that I'm going to start showing up for myself in a different way. Um, I'm going to start creating space to listen and if what i hear feels scary then i'm gonna invite inquiry there's so many different so many different ways you can do this one of the most powerful for me has been in the realm of inner child work and getting connected with my inner child and asking her what she needs and asking her how i've you know how how have i let you down like what did you need for me that i didn't give you and and then making a statement of intention with her really honestly from the heart of how I'm going to show up differently for her. And that has been a really huge part of my journey as well. 
So I'm just rambling a little bit about trust, but it just feels really significant. And it keeps coming up again and again and again for me in so many different areas of life and all of the different layers of self and of relationship and the way that that I am and the way that I relate within the world. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm reconceiving of and, and fine-tuning some of my methodology in the way that I approach work with empaths and sensitives. So I'm really excited about it. It's, it's really thrilling, honestly, um, working with this stuff. And it's an absolute joy to do it. And it feels really just connected to my purpose and being here with you. Um, in this space and then in my practice as well as a coach. So what I'd love is if any of this is really resonating with you, if any of this is, is work that you're interested in doing for yourself, please um, send me a direct message on social media. I'll link my social media, uh, Instagram, and my email in the podcast episode notes. And just send me a message and let me know that you're interested in this work because I'm thinking about creating a special offer for, for folks um, to do some work with me one-on-one and help me fine-tune some of this methodology and the, and the approach of the work that I do with folks. So if that sounds interesting to you, please reach out and let me know. Um, you know, because that, I would just so appreciate that and you would get a benefit from it and I would get a benefit from it. And, um, we would be lifting each other up, which, you know, is such a huge part of our call as empaths and sensitives is service. And, you know, I see so many, I see y'all out there, um, paramedics, teachers, counselors, coaches, mothers, daughters, um, you know, uh, first responders, uh, chefs, you know, people that are out there. There's so many, there's so many folks in service who feel a call to help others and to, you know, share their medicine and their gift of what their unique medicine is with the world in a way that feels fulfilling. And the truth is we are best able to come into that space of service and really do amazing things when we are empowered within ourselves and when we trust our own innate abilities and gifts. I know for a fact, I am such a more capable and insightful creator of space when I'm tapped in to myself, when I'm listening to myself. I'm so much better to show up in all of my identities as a daughter, as a friend, as a lover, as a coach, right? That I, I am the best version of myself when I'm really fostering that relationship of trust with myself. And when I'm standing in that space that I'm more rooted in, in my own 
own authentic, my own authenticity, my own authentic beingness, <laughs> that, that that has such incredible power just on its own. Um, and it's something that it took a while for me to get to. And we're never perfectly healed or arrived at that, that final destination of being healed, right? I think it's a lifelong process, nonlinear, lifelong process of doing work, having realizations, getting into new depths, getting into new levels and higher and higher versions of self and the loop-de-loop of the roller coaster that is the healing journey. But I know for so long... Um, being able to hear and trust and act on my own inner knowing, which is one of my innate gifts as an empath, is to have the ability to like channel from source and to have a, a really strong connection with my heart compass and where I need to go and what the right next steps are. Um, but that I was really conditioned not to trust that for so long. Um, in early childhood scenarios from our culture and society and being a woman in society um, and in you know really manipulative relationships uh, that I had as a young woman um, where I was gaslit all the time just consistently gaslit so that I started questioning myself all the freaking time I always apologize. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like everything. I'm sorry. That's actually one of my most intentional things now is I really work hard at not saying I'm sorry. Even if it's someone has said something and I didn't quite hear them rather than saying I'm sorry, I say pardon me like I'm a Brit. <laughs> like, I'm, like I'm fucking British because like I spent so many years apologizing that I refuse to do that anymore. Um, and so, you know, that's a very important thing for me to be aware of, um, and language has power. So yeah, for so long being in a relationship, just questioning, questioning myself. Um, and even, you know, in early relationship with parents, I think so often our primary caregivers, they're like the, they're the original gaslighters. And it so much of the time comes from a place of love and good intentions of wanting the best for us. And, you know, they know best because they're the grown up and we're the kid and they're guiding us and that's their job. And, you know, and so we have no autonomy and we aren't heard and our needs aren't truly met because they're discounted or you don't really need that or you don't really want that. Um, and, based on what the adult primary caregiver believes it is that we should want or that we do need. And so there are all of these little subtle places that we have learned. Um, and then on the level of empath and sensitive, like, oh my gosh, the number of times that I got in trouble for putting my foot in my mouth because I shared what I felt to be the truth based on what I was picking up. <laughs> in the adult realm of all the conversation and things that were being said and felt in the room. And that's not good manners. That's rude. You know, we don't talk about that stuff. Like you get in trouble when you talk about that stuff. You're um, not worthy of 
praise and affection when you talk about that stuff. And that was one of the things that I picked up on very early on. Um, and, and in addition to all these other subtle cues that we get, that really starts to build up this belief that I just, you know, listening to my inner knowing, listening to these intuitive hits that I'm getting, gets me hurt, gets me in trouble. It's no good. I'm not going to do it. And that is one of the biggest blocks that we have as empaths and sensitives to truly claiming our power. And it's connected with our throat chakra, it's connected with our heart chakra, and it's connected with our solar plexus. Hmm, interesting. Uh, Those are exactly the energy centers I was talking about feeling things in earlier. Um, I didn't plan that, but that... (laughs) Just seeing, I'm connecting that dot. Um, and again, you know, this is what my experience. I think it's a very common experience for empaths and sensitives. Um, and I'd love to hear if you feel that that is true for you. Again, please, if you don't already, follow me on social media. I will tag that in episode notes. Um, and I feel like I've, I've said the bulk of what was on my heart to say Um I've shared some of the stories and some of the revelations that kept coming up for me this week. And that's what I came in here to do today, was to to just spend a little time talking with you and sharing in the kind of the the free form flow to to see what came up. And I really appreciate you taking the time to go on the flowy path with me and meander around my mind. (laughs) So happy Friday. I just think you're wonderful and I'm so glad that you're here and I appreciate you. And I just wanted to close out as I always do, reminding you that you're doing the best you can where you're at with what you've got. And I love you.